Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Windchill Factor podcast. We had another roundtable this week. Last week was a smashing success. Um, so we have a return guest, Mr. Jake, the Bills fan. Jake Jordan, the lowdown every single Friday. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing good, better than I was last night doing my podcast, but nobody's nobody nobody's gonna know about that. Got hit <laughs> hit with the dreaded Chinese food. It's the worst. Chinese anyway, food? no, no, man. Uh, we back. Uh, last week was fucking awesome. And Justice, you hit me up today. You're like, you want to run it back? I'm like, damn right, I want to run it back. Let's go. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, and um, I have two other very, very special guests. Uh, they don't have any, like, shows or anything, but these guys are two guys on Twitter who I either argue with in the terms of, like, we go at it, or I argue with in terms of we go at other people. So <laughs> the guy who I argue with in terms of we go at it is definitely this guy, Dom. Dom, is, he's actually a really cool person. So, you know, you take a little football debate, it's fine. You know, it's just football. Uh, but shout out to Dom. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm really excited to get this thing done and uh, talk some football with you guys. Excited uh, for practice tomorrow, bro. First live practice I've ever gonna been to for the Bills. So let's get this, man. Same here. Appreciate you uh, the invite because uh, gonna be my first practice as well. But uh, Moving on to the guy who I argue with in terms of we, me and him go after other people all the time. But um, super duper knowledgeable of football. I think everybody in the Bills community can collectively agree that we all love uh, Reddit Bills. Is that like, is that fair to say? I think everybody, you know, feels that way. Is it my favorite Twitter account? No offense, Justice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not taking oh, yes, it. <laughs> probably mine too, but uh, we got. Mr. Brian, he'd be liking Iverson. some of my, he'd be liking some of my tweets that have like no likes on them. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just yeah, see he, stuff he, from like forty-eight hours ago, and I'm like, like that. He, he gets all the gems, <laughs> but uh, yeah, great deal, Mr. Brian thanks for, thanks for coming on, bro. Uh, today we're just gonna go ahead and talk about some training camp. Um, first couple of days of training camp are upon us. And there's been a lot of news, specifically, it seems like pretty good news for the Bills, just all around, honestly. Uh, but we'll start with the Buffalo Bills, since this is a Bills show to a degree. Um, but yes, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, uh, Brian. How are you feeling about the Bills training camp so far? I'm feeling really good. Yeah, like you said, um, I think nowadays they're being a keeping a little tighter lid on things to go on in training camp, making sure that the team controls the narrative a little better. But everything we've heard so far has been really good. I think um, it's almost taken me a little getting used to in the past. Uh, you go through training camp and it almost seems like every Bills fan overrates the heck out of all of our players. But nowadays it almost seems like maybe our expectations aren't quite as high as what they're actually putting up in training camp. 
because this roster is just super deep and you know you're hearing about like even just today spencer brown he's taking first team reps at left tackle having a great day he's having such a good time that he's even giving ed oliver problems it's just a great sign especially for you know a guy who was a, a third round pick and still a rookie and you know everyone thought how inexperienced he was he might not even be able to play this year but he's just having a great great day today it seems like every position group is just top to bottom everybody's performing really well absolutely uh, i agree 100 percent. actually today well <clears throat> friday because this drops on tuesday <laughs> uh friday I, I made a tweet about how happy I was to see that Spencer Brown was giving that all of her problems. But then also I was very upset about it to the same degree because we expect a lot out of Ed Oliver this year. Uh, Jake, what, what do you, what's your take on uh, Bill's uh, training camp so far? I like everything that has been going on at training camp. Everything looks awesome. It's crazy only because, you know, usually we go into the training camps like, all right, you know, there's something specific we're looking at. And there's still camp battles we're looking at, right? But it's like, there's nobody there who, like, we're hearing these things like Spencer Brown is given Ed Oliver trouble, which I'm pretty sure is the last thing I heard Brian talk about. And then, like, the the day before that, we're hearing just about how the offense is doing amazing and just, like, how Boogie, Boogie Basham decides to just tip a ball at the line and pick six it, like, like these guys are going at it. It seems like every single day and these dudes that we've drafted from Spencer Brown to our defensive guys are just doing things and they seem to be more advanced. Levi Wallace came out and said that these new guys seem to be way farther along than he was when he was first brought in. Everybody's bringing their a game and it's awesome to see that, you know, there's just all this great stuff happening in Buffalo when it could be worse like it is in other teams in our division. Absolutely. I really wish we I had agree. gotten that uh, boogie bash and play on camera because yeah, that just sounds like it was crazy tipping it and picking it and then taking and it over a touchdown, touchdown all by himself. Exactly. Yeah, that's like and on Josh and they said, too. And they said Josh had a pretty spectacular day. That was really the only bad thing. And they said that was more of a good play on Boogie's part than it was a bad play on Josh's mm -hmm. part. So that's very encouraging. Um, Mr. Dom, how you doing, bro? Uh, what, what are you thinking about the Bills training camp so far? I know you took a lot of notes. I wouldn't trip too much on the um, Ed Oliver doing good or doing bad, sorry, against Spencer Brown for a couple reps. You know, Spencer Brown, he trained with a Hall of Famer the whole offseason. And when you do that, when you're not in college, like – College, you're limited by what you can do per day. He wasn't limited. He was getting as many reps as he could with a Hall of Fame caliber lineman. You know, I think he's going to be know more. Who the lineman was? Uh, Thomas, I think, wasn't it? Oh no, no, no. Uh, no it was oh, the guy who played for the 49ers. Yeah, he played for the 49ers. I can't remember. Uh, let me Staley? look this up, actually. Yeah, yeah, might, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was Staley. Staley yep. yeah. So you yeah, know, they spent longer. all summer together. Um, so he I don't might know if Joe Staley runs a camp or if they were just sort of if he was just working one-on-one -on -one with Spencer. So he worked the whole um, season. Like, I think his I think his college didn't have a season. Um, so he worked the whole college season instead with uh, Staley, and then uh, that's how he got invited to the Senior Bowl. So he was working with Joe Staley, and that's how he got his invite. So I think he might be more pro-ready than people think, even just because he was third-round pick. I think he fell with the lack of tape. Um, so I won't put too much stock in that he's doing good against Oliver. Plus, 
you know, these guys aren't allowed to do so much without any pads on or whatever. So very good points for me. But other than that, I feel great about Camp Man. Josh Allen's looking great. Uh, apparently, our offense picked up better than it left off last season, and our defense, our defensive line, our uh, our veterans in the backfield are talking up these guys. So, you know, I like to see that. Absolutely, uh, good looks all around training camp. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, one last thing just that I completely remembered off the top of my head of just like how overlooked it kind of feels like Spencer Brown was is that Charles Davis came out and said anonymously he talked to people and asked them without coercing like an answer out of them just what offensive lineman in the draft would you most like five random offensive coordinators in the league or offensive lines coach and five of them in the league said Spencer Brown and somehow we ended up with him. And that that's just one thing that I'm just very surprised at that. Now I hear about him doing well and and just, he has all these traits like hearing that he's doing good in camp almost does not seem surprising to me because, you know, we know he's only getting the snaps at left tackle because Deion Dawkins is not there right now. And I like to hear that he's making the most of, out of it. Okay. Hey, you know, was, guy Pierre, uh, oh, my bad. I was going to say, you know, our guy, no, 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 Pierre out here, our guy Pierre out here listening, saying, nah, he's taking that right tackle spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the P- Pierre's on Daryl Williams, but uh... P- Pierre's smoking that Spencer Brown pack like it's crazy, man. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's saying that. They're going to get Feliciano's ass out of there, and it's going to be Daryl Williams at right guard and then Spencer Brown at right tackle. I mean, I I wouldn't hate it either. Get the best five. Whatever you think is the best five, I want it out there regardless. Yep. Uh, That was a great point, Jake. It actually made me think of two more questions. Uh, Kind of – well, they are related. Okay, so Spencer Brown – you said he didn't play last year in terms of his college football season, or who said that? Was that you, Nam? Uh, that was me. I, th- yeah. I think he didn't play. He I'm played not sure. in Northern he, Iowa. I don't think. Yeah, they it was. Season. Yeah, they did. They didn't play. Okay, perfect. So that means his draft stock would have probably fell because he didn't have any uh, tape on there, and so you go ahead and you draft him in the third round. What do you think would have been his his actual draft capital? Or status rather, if uh, uh, he he were to play last season and 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 you know have a good season, high second with his uh, potential because he's only played the position for three years, I think. Yeah, and he's still yeah. a small school guy, but he's also, I mean, I mean, the, but, in terms of relative athletic score, I think he's the top ever at the position. So yeah, if uh, he plays a full season. I yeah, think he, he probably got works his way up the into rise. the end of the first. Or the I'm sorry, did you say? The best ever. He's the number one. The yeah. best all time offensive tackle. Yeah. Also, I like I believe, that. I believe Doyle's top ten as well. Correct. Yeah, Doyle's right up there mm-hmm. too. They're both crazy. See, yeah, no one knows exactly what he's I doing. I feel bad for Tommy Doyle. Big baller like, bean, baby. If we had just drafted Tommy Doyle, we would all be gushing over him. But he's like just a little bit under Spencer Brown. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> totally forgot. I mean, that. Bean knew what he was doing. He was getting mm-hmm. big, athletic dudes. That's what he was doing. Both so, sides of the ball, offensive yeah. and defensive. Line. So he's making it so that next year, when uh, Daryl Williams' contract is up, or not up, but we can get out of it easily, 
or even Feliciano, we can boot them to the curb and roll with the rookies on cheap deals because you know we're going to need that money in the bank for Josh and Edmonds. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get rid of Williams. I can't see us definitely get rid of Feliciano, though. Um, so, oh, Jake, who, what would you think uh, Spencer's, Spencer Brown's draft status would be? I'm going to say just because he's in a small school and he's not really, you know, playing against those top tier defensive guys uh, while he's still playing against good. I think most of those small school guys are probably going to go in the second round. And if he did play, I do believe he's probably like probably a mid to upper second round guy. That's it. I think it would really depend a lot. Um, Sorry. uh, No, go ahead, I, I believe they play like Iowa. They play a few D one schools, yeah. like some of the you know top twenty five guys. So that tape would have been really important to see what he does against guys who are usually NFL caliber D linemen in college. So, hundred uh, percent. Speaking of, that brings me to my next question, Mister Gregory Rousseau, who was drafted number thirty overall, I believe, uh, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was our first round draft pick. And he is also another guy who didn't play last year uh, due to COVID. He had 15 and a half sacks the, the last year he played in college, which was second in the nation only to a la Chase Young, who was the best defensive draft. I'm sorry, the best defensive lineman to maybe ever come out of the draft, some people say. Um, so if Greg Rousseau plays last year, and has a dominant season. Oh, I don't know. I, he had a half a sack less than Chase Young. I'm not saying he's Chase Young, but I'm saying he could have gotten better and become something similar, maybe something you know similar to an uh, a dominant pass rusher. Where do you think, uh, Brian? Where do you think uh, Greg Russo could have ended up? I mean, if he had, uh, if he had put up even just like another ten sack season, I think he would easily be going top 10 just because NFL teams are so desperate for that kind of production and pass rushing talent these days. So I think if he can tap into what he was doing as a sophomore, then he'll be an absolute steal at 30, but uh, he probably has a ways to go to get there, especially in terms of getting to NFL conditioning. Cause he's kind of a, kind of a lanky guy at this point. I don't know how, if they're going to ask him to gain a lot of weight, um, but McDermott and Leslie Frazier do tend to like meteor defensive linemen. So that might be something they ask him to do. But yeah, I think if he, if he even has an above average to similar to what he did as a sophomore, he's definitely going top 10 in the draft. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. If he, uh, even just, you know, maybe in half the sack season, he just really needed to have some tape on the field to show that that one season wasn't a fluke. So um, what really hurt him was that one lack of year tape. And I think he had some poor agility drills. I uh, Don't quote me on that. I believe he had some problem with bend on tape, or not on tape, but in the drills. So they, uh, but uh, yeah, just another year tape. He easily would have been top 10. I think maybe even top five if he, you know, replicates it or even somewhere close. What about you, Jake? What you got him? Where you got him going? Where do I got him going? If what are we saying? Just if, if he, if he was has able twelve to... sacks. Okay, if he has twelve sacks the next year, I think obviously uh, 
I I think the the big thing is if he came I think he didn't come out that year just because Chase Young was there and he could probably get probably top ten. I don't think like he was eligible to be drafted. No, okay, maybe he's not eligible. So he's not eligible to be drafted. Comes out the next year with twelve sacks. He's easily top ten. Uh, the big thing is I do believe he did have some poor agility drills, Dominic. I think you are right on that. And he also gained weight, which was another thing that they people said he was too light, so he gained some weight to go into the uh, to go into the pre-draft workouts and stuff like that. And that was another thing that hurt him. So I think he goes top ten if he puts up those kind of numbers. But you know, because he came in a little bit like at a higher weight and had the poor agility skill, then everybody started saying, "Well, maybe he just benefited from being in the scheme." And well, most of those sacks came from the inside, you know. And then Jalen Phillips stepped into the role the next year and had just about as much success. He was just as dominant with Miami. So I. I think that he probably goes top 10 if he is playing at the same position and has 12 sacks and Miami. Okay. So then let me ask you this, Brian, do you think that Greg Rousseau was good enough to obtain 12 sacks last year with Jalen Phillips on the other side? It's a tough one to answer. Um, I'm going to say yes, or if not getting the sacks on paper, at least, you know, being in the being in the ballpark with Jalen Phillips, because you know how it is sometimes when you have two good pass rushers, one of them kind of is generating the pressure and then the other one cleans it up. So it might have been something like that. But yeah, I definitely think he had the talent to do that. What about Jake? What about you, Jake? If he if he's got uh, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, I I 100 percent agree. Maybe the numbers aren't exactly there. Uh, you, it's hit or miss which one's really going to be the one that ends up pulling the guy down at the end. But I think that even if Jalen Phillips is there and he's playing that year, he's still going to be just about as dominant. Maybe okay. not 15 uh, and a half, but... Also remember Jalen Phillips uh, has had problems, so he might not have played a full season. Uh, so oh, there yeah. is that. But uh, I think with Jalen Phillips... Yeah, I could easily see it because he, he got so many reps from the inside. Like, I think half of his sacks came from the inside that one year, and that was because almost every one of his um, snaps from inside was on third down, or a pass rush, basically. So his ability to do that basically throws O-linemen off because they're not used to that length inside. They're usually used to those meatier, stouter guys, so... Okay. Definitely, uh, that definitely sex. So you think he would get the twelve sacks? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I have a another kind of proposition for you guys. Um, Brandon Bean, right? Josh Allen projected number one pick, two thousand seventeen, uh, right? And then he has a season at Wyoming where he doesn't have a lot of talent to play with. They don't do great. His numbers don't look awesome. He ends up being the number seven pick, being scoops him at number seven. Ed Oliver, supposed to be the number one overall pick out of Houston. Has a year, and I think he actually like uh, stopped playing early in the season, so he didn't finish out the year, if I'm not mistaken. Bean grabs him at number nine overall. Spencer Brown, we just mentioned it. 
doesn't play, he's probably going to be a, a high second pick, second round pick, maybe even sneak into the first round. Doesn't play, Bean gets him a third, Greg Rousseau. 15 and a half sets could have easily been a, a high 10, the top 10 pick, but being snatched as him at third. What do you think is the impact that Sean McDermott, who changed the culture of the locker room, and Brandon Bean, who changed the culture of the organization, what, what is their impact going to be over the next 10 years, Dom? Over the next 10 years? Oh, my God, bro. Uh, I expect at least – at least two Super Bowl appearances, I'd expect one win. Um, but with the way Bean runs things, man, like as long as he keeps drafting these high upside guys, because we have the roster right now. We have a roster where you can take the chances on those guys. You can give a dude two years of development and be like when he's ready to go. Look what the Ravens do. Every every few years they have one of these high-priced pass rushers hit the market and you're like – Where's this guy come from? It's because they draft guys on potential, develop them, and then let them hit the market, let them walk, get these comp picks, and start all over. So, same Brandon with the Ravens, the Steelers, and the wide receivers. The same thing. Exactly. exactly. I so I think, <laughs> I think Brandon Bean is really gonna turn. I mean, he already has turned things around, but he's gonna turn us into one of the teams where you can expect us in the AFC conference game almost every year. You know. I think All I think right. we're gonna be one of like the three teams where it was the Steelers, Colts, and Patriots for twenty years. That's that's kind of how I felt. I, I feel like uh, Pat and Josh would become like the new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. But Jake, uh, what, what what do you what do you have uh, being in McDermott? What do you think they can accomplish over the next ten decade? Uh, well, you're going to be a perennial playoff team every single year, exactly like Dom said. You're going to be one of those teams where you're like a Pittsburgh or a New England for the longest time. Just like you knew that the team and the organization was good enough. They had great coaching that no matter what, they could have some shortfalls in some areas if maybe some things don't pan out. Uh, maybe some draft picks don't pan out and some guys leave and you know the guys you thought were going to replace don't. But they usually – Overall, you're going to be able to be in the playoffs every year and be contending. That's the thing. They're going to be contenders for the next 10 years. And I'd say even beyond that, because obviously I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. And the greatest thing about it is the continuity and obviously the scouting and the coaches that Bean is able to get these guys that he sees this guy should have gone higher or this guy maybe in this situation would have gone higher and he's got the traits, he's got everything that Sean McDermott's going to be able to take advantage of. And that's the big thing is the coaching staff is going to be able to play to these guys' traits and say that you have players leave, you're going to have guys behind them ready to take their place. Like Dom was saying earlier with Daryl Williams, we've got these tackles now and say – that you know, we want to move on from Daryl Williams and have these younger guys on these cheaper contracts. They're going to be there, and then when those guys are eventually up, or maybe they're going to get paid, there's going to be guys behind them because that's just how the system's going to work. So for the next ten years, we're going to be good, and for like, and after at, that, we're still going to be good for next at least fifteen with Josh Allen. As yeah. long as Josh Allen's the QB and playing at an elite level, we will be contenders. That's yeah. as simple as that. All right, Jake, you, bro, you know how this show works, okay? I, I, I need, I need hot takes, bro. 
right? I need yeah, a hot take. I need I need to know how many Super Bowls are we gonna win in the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, we're gonna win three. I was gonna say four, but I, I decided to be a little conservative. It's destiny. Three. We have to win four. Wait, All right, we're gonna win four in a row. That's what we're gonna do. Exactly. Four in you a make row. up make up for the, the other four. All right, Brian, uh, yeah. go ahead. Tell me. Tell me what's your expectations for uh, McBean over the next 10 years and how many Super Bowls? Oh, you said four. So uh, go ahead and expound on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think a perennial playoff contender is is right where we're at right now. I think if Brandon Bean had any flaw coming in, it was just feeling too attached to uh, the Carolina Panthers. Everyone made the Buffalo Panthers jokes, but... They seem to be getting away from that and establishing their own identity and not relying on some of these middling free agents that, uh, you know, like that they probably overpaid for when they originally brought them in, but they really needed to feel that DeMarco you know, safety of guys that they were familiar with. Kelvin and Benjamin. now I think they're ready to, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think we're going to be seeing any more Mike Tolbert's coming in or anything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't know if they'll win four Super Bowls. Um, my thing nope, is, you already it said it. Looks like, you know, from <laughs> no, he's in the two thousands, it, <laughs> it was the AFC had two or three good teams, and then the NFC mm-hmm. had a million good teams, and now it almost seems like it's flipped, where the AFC has so many promising young quarterbacks. Like Justin Herbert is going to be amazing. I I think he's going to be amazing. Speaking anyway, of which, you know. did you guys see that throw earlier today? It not. was a cannon. It went like fifty yards on a rope, but with touch. It was insane. I think I, I think he's gonna be exciting to watch for the next I decade. love seeing Justin Herbert just because he reminds me so much of Josh. And yeah, I Josh. love that he and I love that he's in the division with Patrick Mahomes just to give him trouble every year. That's what I like. Oh, it's going to be like those Steelers-Ravens days where they just beat the crap out of each other. Oh, and yeah. once they get in the playoffs, then the Patriots, <laughs> Bills, um, are going to, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah, they've been beating up on each other all year, and then you come in after beating up on your trash-ass division all year. And you're <laughs> like, all right, we're fresh and ready to go. All right, but Brian, I do have a question. Uh, you said something pretty interesting. You said there's a lot of good young quarterbacks. Uh who, who would you consider uh, a good young quarterback that's, that's going to be a threat to the Bills uh, in the near future? Um, Justin Herbert would be my guy. Um, I really like Justin Fields, personally. I I mean, if, he also kind of reminds me of Josh Allen, but thankfully he's in the NFC, so we don't really have to worry about him too much. Um, let's see. Lamar Jackson, obviously, but I think I like him as a player. I don't like... Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator, I think that one trick pony is going to come to an end soon and they're probably going to have to move on from Greg Roman. So I don't want to, I don't want to predict what Lamar Jackson will be like after that, but he certainly has potential. And then obviously until further notice, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the guy to beat in the AFC. So as much as I think we can beat him, got to actually do it before we can you know, count on it for the future. Also, Baker's true. Baker's not a great quarterback, but he's good enough to get, yeah, keep fine. you games and win games. As his long roster as every, is good enough. He's not good well, enough. No, 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 no. All right. So think about it like this. Our team was really good in 2016, but Tyrod couldn't take us anywhere, right? He's better than that. He's, he's above the Dalton level, in my opinion. 
but he's not elite. He, I don't think he'll ever be elite. He's like a he's like Kirk Cousins, but I think he is the Dalton level, level honestly. Cooler. Just a little cooler. I think Kirk I think, Cousins yeah, is the Dalton he, level right now. Yeah. I think I think Baker Mayfield is is the new Dalton level. Like I, here's my thing about Baker, right? Because <clears throat> rookie season, he comes and he breaks the touchdown record for a rookie. Ooh, oh my god, this is so good, right? And uh it, here's a five year college won, player, right? They won how many games? I forgot, like five or six games or something, which I understand is an accomplishment because they only won one game in the previous two years. But then his second season, he had a loaded roster. And I mean loaded. Like, they, you had Jarvis Landry, uh, David Njoku, uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, OBJ. Like, you had a loaded offense to go out there and do something where well, he didn't do very much. His third year, you have the same loaded offense, but a better offense now. And I think they won 10 games and lost to the Jets. Like, Baker is not a – he's not a great quarterback. That's for damn sure. I would say he's probably slightly above average to me. Um, I, I just – I don't see the hype around Baker. Like, I see the roster around Baker, and I see that if you put any good to great quarterback on that roster, that, that might be a championship contender. But, but the only reason so we point. don't know if the Browns are a championship contender is because Baker's their quarterback. Yeah, and I think their oh, playoff game against the Chiefs really proved that because he had, you know, he had the prime opportunity when Patrick Mahomes gets injured and leaves the game, and he just, well, the whole team, I mean, the whole Browns team basically just fumbled. I was it, but begging that's a them to win that game. That's a situation where your franchise quarterback has to, you know, punch it home for you and. I just messed that up. But uh, what were you going to say, Dom? I was begging Cleveland to win that game, man. Yeah. We, we were going to be able to host the AFC conference game, cha- uh, AFC championship game at our stadium. And the Browns fumbled it for us, man. I was so upset. Yeah, literally. They literally fumbled. They the literally NFL would have. The NFL like would have shit its pants if it was Browns <laughs> Bills in the AFC. Cha- People would have been like, what the hell is this? These teams have been so bad for so long. Two is this other the quarterbacks. First Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> so the the first uh, there's two other quarterbacks. I mean, you can throw Deshaun Watson in there. Me and Justice had a thing where Deshaun Watson. He was said that Deshaun Watson is a four wing quarterback. Come on, he sucks. But just just adding on there. I mean, Joe Burrow. I mean, I think he's just going. To... Whoa, hold, real quick. I didn't say he sucks. no. Hold on. No, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you said you said he's a good you said he's a good quarterback who cannot will his team to win. That's it. So I I I would say that's pretty so there's Joe Burrow, but I think he's gonna be a victim of the Bungles. And then there's also Trevor Lawrence who just got drafted, obviously. And we'll see what the Jaguars can do with him. But those are two other young quarterbacks that you gotta look out for in the AFC, possibly in the next couple of years. My problem Um, with those two guys is their head coaches. Neither oh, Zach, yeah. Zach Tyler or Taylor, whatever. Yeah, yeah Zach, Zach Taylor. Taylor is. I think he's gonna be out after this year because I think just, Urban yeah, Myers will want to be bothered. I think Urban's done after this year as well. I don't think he's gonna like the NFL rules. <laughs> he's already complaining Ur- about him. Dude, Urban is going to get mysteriously sick and have to retire sometime. <laughs> he keeps losing. That's what. That's what's gonna happen. That's what. That's what my man does. But uh. No, dude, there's so many. I mean, there's good quarterbacks in the division. I really liked the I, – I think that Baker Mayfield's probably on the same – like, 
he's Kirk Cousins to me. When I look at Baker Mayfield and I think of his career trajectory, I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to be a good quarterback, about a slightly above average, like or even average quarterback. But when I'm thinking of ones that are really going to challenge the Bills, I'm thinking of if Los Angeles even puts any some. I mean, they they've got a good team. I mean, they just they were a victim of their coaching last year. Anthony Lynn was awful, and then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and then you've got a couple like Baker Mayfield. They just have a good team around him, uh, just challenging. And I would have said the uh, the Colts, but uh, Carson Wentz went out here and destroyed his foot in practice so who, who could have seen Carson Wentz getting hurt coming like Eagles fans <laughs> <laughs> just 31 other teams yeah like. yeah oh actually that 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 actually makes me think of a question they, they kind of circulated Bill's Twitter to Friday um no we're not trading Mitch Mr. Trubisky. Trubisky it's no. not happening no hold on hold on guys hold on guys hold on guys hold on guys right Okay, so Mitch Trubisky is our backup quarterback, and he is one of the best, if not the best, backups in the league, and maybe a slightly below average starter, right? So if the Colts come to Brandon Bean, Chris Ballard comes to Brandon Bean and says, hey, look, man, we got a good roster. I think we can get it done this year. Uh, We just need a placeholder until Carson comes back. I'm going to give you a second-round pick. Jake, yeah. what? Uh, Jake, you, you don't want to take a second round no. pick? No. I, yeah, you know what? Why would you not. give? Right. Oh, hold on. Okay, so if it's a second round pick, that's way more than you'd probably ever get for Mitchell Trubisky. So Sam maybe you got can, it first. To be fair, if if you're going <laughs> to sit here and tell me that one of the people that you know you're probably going to be meeting in the playoffs, you're going to give them the quarterback that possibly you have just stashed on your roster as an insurance policy for Josh going down. You're going to give that guy to the Colts. What if he goes out there and decides, hey, I'm actually going to be good Mitchell Trubisky? Like, then you got to be like, why did the Bills trade that guy away to a person they knew they were a team they were going to be meeting in the playoffs? I would not do that. If it's an NFC team, they can have him for a second-round pick. The Colts, hell no. You get to stick with Jacob Eason or whoever the hell you got back there. <laughs> okay. On the flip side My of guy. that, Eason. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Brian has to stand Eason now. Just so you. Yeah, I made know a joke Eason. yesterday that I I stand Jacob Eason, and then yeah. once got injured, now it's Eason season, so I'm kind of stuck with it. It's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I think if if it's a two. If it's a two or a one, you take that. I don't care who's calling. It could be the page. It could be the New England Patriots calling. You give that up for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, he's got. He's gone in a year. That's that's where I see it. He's gone in a year, and at most you could probably get from him is a twenty twenty four or I think it's twenty. No, I think it's twenty twenty three fourth round pick. So if you take, would you rather have a twenty twenty three fourth round pick with the insurance that if Josh misses a game, you don't lose it? Or get twenty twenty two. Are you talking about or compensation or compensatory pick? Yeah, it would be, yeah. I think the yeah. I think Compet- the best yeah. compensatory oh, okay. pick you can get is a third round. Yeah, so I, I think it was Greg Tom said had something earlier that said you would get uh, at best for Mitch Trubisky's contract that he could possibly sign a uh, fourth round pick. So, so what about that's you, right. if, if, 
If they come Can to I... Brandon Bean with a second round pick, what do you what do you hold on? Just let Brian uh, go real quick and then we'll yeah, come yeah. back to Jake. Yeah, I agree with Dom. I think it's a if it's a second or better, um, then you say yes, regardless of the team, just because this is the Josh Allen show and if you trade away Mitch Trubisky, you can you can just sign Blake Bortles, who who all would have been fine with signing to Razor Bortles. Yeah, um, he really. If Josh Allen goes down, you need a guy who can win you a couple of regular season games. Anything longer than that, and the sky's falling anyway. So, <laughs> so if, if somebody wants to give you a second or a first round pick for Mitch Trubisky, then they're more than welcome to. I don't think a team will do that, but that would. That would be the minimum to make it worthwhile, I think, would be a second or, like, a third in a pretty good amount of change. All right, go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say that the difference in I know you saying that if Josh Allen's longer, if it's longer than two games, the whole season's over. I think if you have Mitchell Trubisky, those two or three games could mean seeding in the playoffs and you hosting games in the playoffs. So you don't – Blake Bortles, I understand. But, like, I mean, just having a guy that's kind of a discount Josh Allen to run the scheme, kind of like that. I know that there's other guys that you could probably throw back there, but I just feel like having that insurance policy, which I'm going to keep calling Mitchell Trubisky. But if someone's stupid enough to offer you, like, a second or a first, I mean, yes, you really do consider that. it. You can sign anybody off the street. We we got it done with Matt Barkley. I'm pretty sure point. Matt Barkley is still living in Buffalo. Oh, probably. yeah. So you <laughs> could just literally call him up and be like, hey, man, you want to He is Mr. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, you want to come Mr. back? I love yeah. So. But that is an underrated point. Like uh, a couple years ago, the Ravens let – Lamar Jackson said a bunch of fourth quarters to rest because they had RG3 who could come in and basically just be Lamar Jackson, mm. but down a peg or two. So that Mitch or Trubisky five. definitely gives us that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying so, to be nice to RG3. <laughs> so I want, I want to ask Justice a question. If we get to midseason, you know, prior to trade deadline and Mitch Trubisky has had to play a couple quarters, you know, whatever, just because of uh, blowouts and he's put up good tape, would you trade him then? It really depends on the conversation. If you give me a second or a first for Mitch, I don't care when it is. I'm trading him. Um, if it's you know like a fourth or no, I don't. I think I think our Super Bowl chances are more important than a fourth or a fifth rounder. A third is where I'm kind of iffy. I would probably say no because I think our Super Bowl chances are more uh, are more favorable than you know uh, the value a third rounder might bring to us. I think Mitch's contribution toward a Super Bowl in case Josh does go down on the knock on wood. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's uh, more valuable than a potential third round pick. Uh, so that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, second round pick, I feel like could come in and, uh, you know, give you valuable time that could help you win another Super Bowl. So I'd be happy, you know, uh, with that. Depending on but, how um, Basham uh, turns out, I mean, that's the second rounder right there. I mean, if that guy turns out to be a second round pick, that's, I mean, a lot of guys that should have been in the first round do sometimes fall to the second round and you're able to get some steals there. So if you're getting it, if it's a team that's on the fringe at the trade deadline and they, you know, they really just need somebody to come in there and maybe get them slightly over the hump, but they're just like, I like the team. I think I brought up justice the other day was the Broncos probably at that point are probably just like drew lock stinks. Teddy Bridgewater is average 
if they want to come calling saying like, hey, we need a guy who can get us slightly over the hump and maybe they're going to be offering you. I don't think John Elway is their GM anymore, so they're not going to make a boneheaded play like that. But if they did and they're offered you a second. holding out for Rodgers next year. You think so? I think so. I think they're yeah, holding out for Rodgers. That would be my guess. Well, then they only have Mitch for the rest of the year to try to do something, so. Yeah, but you probably want to use that. You, you, at that point, if you're calling it a year, you're wanting a higher pick, and Mitch Trubisky is going to be opposite of that goal, you know? Hmm. Yeah, they would have to be in a really weird so, spot uh, where they're good enough to want to pull the trigger and also hmm. ignore Rodgers yeah. next year, potentially. Trade deadline may be probably like week eight. I would say you got to be at least five and three. At least five and three. And in that division, um, man, that's, for that's my point. You got Pat Mahomes, and then you know the the rising. Stars we do have three wild there. cards, though. Now, yeah, there are yeah. three wild cards. But um, we are forty minutes in, and uh, uh, there is one thing I wanted to talk to you all about. Um, first of all, Mister Isaiah McKenzie is having a hell of a training camp. Apparently, so far, now there is a couple of people who are off the McKenzie bandwagon. Uh, but he he's looking pretty good, and reportedly Cody Ford is also looking pretty good again at training camp. All right, so Spencer Brown is locking up Ed Oliver. That's kind of a good and a bad thing, but uh, we talked about that earlier. Cody Ford is also looking very good, so we're getting some potentially very good guard play. What do you guys think is the upside to having above average to good guard play this season, Brian? Uh, I think the biggest advantage for that is really just getting the running game to a more efficient level. That was definitely our biggest weakness on offense last year. And this is always going to be a pass first team with Josh Allen at the helm. But, you know, even if you don't run more, being able to run more efficiently and using it to ice games at the end, if you have like a one or two possession lead, just to, you know, have Zach Moss put him away, the guards are really important for that. And I think if Cody Ford can finally you know, get everything put together that he could be a big part of that since he is, he's a big guy with a lot of, a lot of functional strength. Once he gets driving, he just has to really stay on the field and start putting that all together. What do you think about Isaiah McKenzie? I like him. I actually, I think he'll make the roster this year, probably, you know, one of the bottom end guys. Um, What he brings in terms of being able to do all those trick plays. I think Brian Dable really likes doing that. So he'll find ways to make himself useful on the offense that other fringe guys wouldn't be able to do. Um, So I think he'll make the team, especially if he can be a returner, but even if he loses the return competition, I still think he's on it. Okay. I like that. Uh, What about Dom? Uh, How are you feeling about the guard position at its uh, max or not as maximum potential, but Playing pretty good to, you know, the high end of their potential this year, along with uh, Isaiah McKenzie potentially, you know, being the guy or a guy, the face of the franchise, apparently. (laughs) As far as the O-line goes, I mean, yeah, we do need to run more efficiently. We need to be – we had the game against the Patriots where they just wanted to shut down the pass completely, so we needed to run the ball. We need to be able to do that effectively against good teams. Uh, So when that happens – Chiefs did it to us, so that's something I'm looking for from the guard play. Um, also, the pass protection was okay, but if you watch the tape, Mitch Morse 
covers up a lot of ground for the other two guard or for the other two interior positions. Mitch Morris is sometimes taking on two, three guys on a play. It's he actually does not that's... get nearly enough respect for just the crazy amount of work that he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as McKenzie, um, early, I mean, originally I thought Stevenson was going to take it just because Bean has such an affinity for keeping his picks, but. I haven't seen enough from camp from either the return or wide receiver stuff from Marquez to say that he's even close to making the roster right now. So I think McKenzie takes the sixth spot and the return spot. Mr. Jordan. Well, what can I say that these guys haven't already said? I mean, it's pretty much just like Isaiah McKenzie. We know what he can do in He's basically our little gadget guy, and if he can also double up and haven't heard anything about Stevenson in the return game and really a return posi- like position battle at all, pretty much I think a lot of us are just assuming that Isaiah McKenzie is kind of the front runner for that because of history and just if he like is going to make the roster, I mean, just thinking of guys that can do the, the return position, it's going to be him. And when it comes to the guard play, I mean – what can we say? The interior guard play is one of the reasons why we could not run the ball effectively. So if we can get better play out of that uh, and we can run the ball more efficiently, efficiently, God, I can't talk, then that's uh, that that's all good. I mean, okay, we well, I, I have day. a question for you. I have a question yeah. for you. If the guard play improves dramatically because last year we had people literally – sticking their hand up, you know, Brian Winter's ass and just controlling them like a puppet. Um, we don't talk about Brian Winter's Ryan. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Thank God. He's gone. Right. The bad man can't hurt us anymore. He can't hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> but not so so say we do have pretty good guard play this year. Where do you think that could take Josh's potential just being able to have a, a good line to stand behind where you're not having to roll out of the pocket so often? If you give my man Josh Allen any more time in that pocket to be able to dice you up, he he's gonna just he's gonna kill you. So if our guard play just gets even better when it comes to pass protection, dude, Josh Allen's gonna be dicing people up. And just for people that might think that if we get better guard play, that means we're gonna run more. If we can run the ball more effectively, don't think I'm pretty sure they already said they're not gonna run the ball more. So definitely we will be we just need to run it more effectively so that's what's going to happen there but give Josh Allen any more time in that pocket you're done that's it he already proved it with the time that he had with the average guard play he had last year and just rolling out if that man is just able to really stand stoic back there in that pocket it's game over for most defenses if they don't have some really good coverage in their secondary okay um i Real quick, I, I totally forgot about a topic that's probably pretty important. Um, Dom, Madden ratings, they came out, bro. They gave your boy an 88, man. What, what, man, what's going on? Why, why is Madden hating on Josh Allen right now? So, uh, dude, one of their uh head dudes, uh, Swami EA, that's his at he uh, he yesterday tried to save face, he was like. Uh, consistency is more important than one year of great play. Um, he said something about dropped interceptions, right? And I was like, okay, so you follow QB data mine, right? 
<laughs> this man straight up brought up dropped interceptions and the Madden rating thing, and I was like, okay, let's let's fix your passing mechanics and your video game before you try to evaluate QB play, bro. Like they uh, and Patrick Mahomes the ninety nine overall. I had two less theoretical interceptions. The yeah, hell? Well, okay. So I, I I don't remember. Someone added me with the stats on that. Uh, SIS, I think that's the you know the uh, analytics site. I think SIS. Um, they they actually did do a dropped interception stat, and Josh had five. Mahomes had seven. Hmm. Because it's just I a did a whole stat, really. <laughs> I, okay, yeah. so I did I did a whole podcast on that because Ravens fans were trying to bring up the dropped interceptions rate when they were well, trying to compare Josh Allen and Lamar, Lamar would Jackson. have to throw the ball in a risky spot for it to be a dropped well, interception. So there's so that. I actually I actually <laughs> found a I found stats that were actually kind kind of real. Only one site kept track of it it was called an adjusted interception which just means that like whatever like a ball that should have been picked that was the quarterback's fault that was counted right so in reality josh allen had i believe it was like 14 is what it was and then lamar jackson had 15 so in reality the only place. stat that no, no just, it wasn't even dropped adjusted intercept. Yeah, a, or dropped interception. Yeah, there's like interceptable passes, dropped interceptions, turnover worthy plays. They're all like equal. It, it was all a bunch of made up. It was yeah, all a bunch crazy. of made up bullshit. Like, and you know and, what? To your, you said a point. I think it was Dom who said something about a Madden's adjust a ratings adjuster who said something about consistency. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Wasn't great his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Last year he won the MVP, having uh, objectively a worse season than Josh just did this past year. And in Madden twenty one, he was a ninety four overall. How does that make sense? That's so. Not- um, <laughs> so Aaron Quinn actually did something. I think it was like a month ago. He um, showed Lamar's last two seasons. If you flip them with Josh's, so. Josh's 2019 versus Lamar's 2020, and then Josh's 2020 versus uh, Lamar's 2019. Uh, it's almost like they basically are the same player, almost kind of, you know. Lamar had more running, but overall stats were pretty similar. And so Aaron Quinn's like, okay, either both of them had two good seasons or one good season, one great season, or you're saying they both only had one great season, which is it? So and the, the big the thing too. Anybody who listens to my podcast would, would tell you, I, I say that Josh didn't have a bad season in sophomore year. He didn't. He was it was a above was, average season. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was great, but it was above average. But you also have to people have to take into account say? the fact that Josh was raw. Like they really have to take into fact that Josh didn't come into the league with a thousand reps in college like some of these guys he came from a juco he missed his first year of college ball with a soul or d1 ball with a shoulder injury and then his last year of college ball he had i think zero nfl players on the on his roster so he also didn't come into the league with alex smith as his quarterback to help him out he also didn't come in with travis kelsey and tyree kill and Eric Bieniemy and Eric. Re- anyway, um, I'm sorry, Jake. What were you about to say, bro? 
Oh, what what I was about to say is you should have known that this bullshit was coming when the ratings adjuster came out and brought up the dropped interceptions yeah, and consistency. Yeah, I knew they, knew, they knew they knew what was they gonna happen. To, they knew yeah, that the face. one player that they were about to put their rating out for that everybody was gonna be mad about was damn Josh Allen. Like the fact that the fact that he's an 88. He was an 88 last game. So last ended, game he was 88. He he ended Madden 21 with an 88. I, I, hmm. I it was Buffalo Fanatics put out something that he was um he was an 88 last game and then hmm. he starts here with an 88. I believe he started like a 76 last year. Yeah. Still super low. He should have been an 80 last year. Probably should be a 90 this year. I think I think if you were a 90 and still seven because he'd be tied with Lamar and Watson, people wouldn't have a problem. It's the fact that they basically are saying he's a tier below those guys that people are having a problem with. Because that's incorrect. And not only yeah, is right. that incorrect, but what I mentioned about Madden, like when J.J. Watt was made a 94 overall or something stupid, like something that was totally illogical, right? He was the third or second, third best pass rusher in the league, uh, according to Madden, right? And I'm sitting there thinking like, that is, first of all, that's super bogus. Secondly, if he played for the Bills, he would have been like an 82 overall. And then they just went and they proved my point because – Look, Devontae Adams is probably – hes I don't want to say probably. He is great, but he's not better than Stephon Diggs. I would be cool with them both being a 98, a 99, but he's not better than Stephon Diggs. And then you got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde not even breaching tw- at the 90 overall. Are you kidding me? Like they've been two of the best safeties in the league the last three years. So when I say that if J.J. Watt played for the Bills, he would have been an 82 overall, I wholeheartedly believe that because I really truly believe that they – discount the bills overall and they always have all you have to know about ratings consistency is more important than anything else when uh micah hyde and jordan poirier have been probably the two most consistent (laughs) safeties yeah right thank you exactly (laughs) it matters to everybody else with them i guess Right. I don't even I don't even buy Madden's trash ass game anyway. I just wait for it to come <laughs> out on the EA. I, I I wait for it to come out on the EA Play Vault, like the year after. Like I don't even buy the game full price because that shit's so bad. It's just a sixty dollar roster. So so yeah. You just think about this. They had uh, Minka Fitzpatrick at the tenth, like tenth best safety in the game. Uh, he was just he was he was just as much of a first team All Pro as the number one ranked safety Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, how you pronounce it? So how 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 do you have one guy number one overall, just as much as the All Pro as Minka Fitzpatrick, who's tenth overall uh, safety? That just doesn't make sense. How do you, how do you let somebody who was second in MVP race, second team All Pro quarterback, where there's only one? There's there's not two quarterbacks in the first and second. There is one. There's two. Josh, Josh and Josh and Mahomes were. T- well, I mean they, they tie, but like right. <laughs> there isn't like a, a QB two position as well. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. He was second team All Pro. He was second in, in MVP race, and you put Deshaun Watson, who won four games above him. You put Lamar Jackson, who he literally beat and outplayed in the playoff. What the hell? Outside of speed, does Lamar Jackson do better than Josh Allen? Outside of speed and agility, what does he do better? Take a dookie in a game. Oh, 
<laughs> it's it's, it's, it's better if he really wanted to. Probably. And probably he, he probably could probably open the game better too. He, yeah, be he could probably he could probably run back to take a shit faster than Lamar Jackson did. He'd probably he waddle so better too. Leadership. Guys would just form a wall around him and he'd <laughs> They uh, John Feliciano would pick Josh Allen up to go take him to the bathroom. Literally. He wouldn't even let him run. I know you guys Literally. are joking about this, but like six years ago, I think. Dan, no, 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 no. I think six years, you guys remember Dan Carpenter? I think like yeah. six years Dan ago, Carpenter. there's a, p- a picture of him taking a piss on the Bill sideline. He didn't even like bother going back. He was like, I'm gonna just right here. <laughs> or just whip yeah, it out right here. 8,000 people? That's kind of crazy. I mean, you gotta think about how bad. At least go into the blue out. tent or something. Hey, yeah, Dan, Dan Carpenter is going into the blue tent. For some reason, and he's, he's unbuttoning his pants. <laughs> like, all right, we're uh, I'm sorry, we are an hour in, and we haven't even got to the rest of the AFC East. So I'll this. I'm gonna give each of you guys. Go. <laughs> I'm gonna give each of you guys a team, and you tell me what you feel. Uh, first of all, about how that team has done in training camp thus far and what your expectations are for them this year. Okay. So, Jake, I'm going to go ahead and give you the Patriots. Brian, you get the Dolphins. Dominic, you get the Jets. Uh, go ahead, Jake. So, we're going to start off with the New England Patriots, huh? Uh, I think everything that I've heard just coming out of their camp is I think Cam the first day was just not not having a good day, especially when it came to end zone targets. He was throwing at people, everything like that. Apparently, uh, Mac Jones is pretty much just having some, uh, I believe, what did you say, Dominic, in your notes? You said ball placement issues? My yeah. Man could not, ball placement issues. And you got Nelson Aguilar just probably being the only good receiver there, possibly. And then he had a bad drop too. Yeah, yeah Mac Jones had a perfect ball and oh, just it was, dropped it. Yeah, yeah, I don't like giving Mac Jones credit, but so what you're telling ball. me is that Nelson Aguilar is back to what he was like <laughs> yep. in Philadelphia, just Unlike dropping Aguilar, balls all over the yeah. place. Yeah, because yeah, he was a beast so, in Oakland or Las Vegas, rather. Yeah, last year for some reason he was good, and then now New England gave him that wide receiver one money, and he's back to Philadelphia. That was stupid because for, for all yeah. the credit Bill Belichick gets, he makes some dumb decisions in free agency. He is a horrible fucking GM. I'm <laughs> sorry. Did you see the GM rankings? And they had Bill Belichick as like number one, the number one GM. On I don't that. know how you don't have the dude who won executive of the year last year as number like, one. <laughs> like Bill. Bill Belichick over all these years has been consistently probably one of the worst GMs when it comes to drafting. Like, yeah, he's maybe just he's lucky good that people want to play with Tom on the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say he's really gotten lucky in just being able to bring in guys because he had Tom Brady and then getting rid of guys before they, you know, turn out to be absolutely horrible, which just comes from his system. And then when players leave the system, they're awful. Just but, remember, he traded away Chandler Jones in this prime. Yeah, he did. And uh, they didn't give Tom Brady any respect, and now they're going to be mediocre for the next 10 to 15 years. I don't know. Maybe Mac Jones is something. But their defense is the only thing that I think is really going to be the thing that should scare any team this year. Uh, that's uh, maybe just even saying that if Stefan Gilmore is – does. 
has there been any update on what's going on with Stefan Gilmore? Is he still mad at them? Like, Probably. I haven't does heard he... anything, but I, yeah, last I knew they were having some issues because he didn't like the amount of money that he was getting paid. He didn't like, so basically what you're going to have next year is the Baltimore Ravens uh, with a pretty good defense and a team that runs two tight end sets with a guy who's just basically running the bare minimum. So my expectations for them, though, they've got Bill Belichick as their damn coach. And if they have a respectable defense, they've shown in the past that they're able to do something with it. I would say uh, eight or nine wins is probably what I say that they win next year, but I wouldn't even put them in the double digits. So right now, their training camp, from what we know, uh, things are working out kind of with the guys that they've brought in, and I haven't really looked much into their defense, but I'm just going to assume that Bill Belichick will have them informed come season. Okay. All right, Brian, uh, what do you what do you think of the Dolphins? Yeah, Dolphins training camp so far has been kind of hectic for them. Um, obviously, the big headline right now is Xavier Howard demanding a trade, which will be – huge issue for them i think especially in a division with josh allen since he's he's their top or i mean they're they're kind of a two-headed cb duo there with uh him and who's their other guy byron jones, byron jones. Byron jones yeah sorry so without him you know it's pretty i think it'll be a lot easier to attack their secondary but um They've had a whole bunch of wide receiver injuries going into training camp. Uh, I think Jalen Waddle had an ankle thing for a little while, but he might be back in practice. Um, Parker got injured. Preston Williams got injured. Um, my guy, Jakeem Grant, is healthy and having a really good training camp so far. So I mean, you don't like it when Dolphins have good time, but uh, he's probably my favorite Dolphin, Henry Kosicki, because Mike Kosicki is also a stud. Um and Tua, obviously, I think it's pretty much more of what we would expect from him. He's had some ups and downs. They posted a highlight of him a little while ago where he threw a pretty wobbly pass, and all the Dolphins fans were upset about it because you point out that it's a wobbly pass. They don't want to hear it. Um, then he threw some – they had some other highlights of him where he was throwing a much better better balls with good placement. So kind of seems like he's chugging along slowly. Um, personally, I don't – I'm not too worried about Tua ever – I don't think he's going to really turn into anything, but maybe he'll be kind of like a game manager type quarterback who can win some games with a strong defense. Okay. Uh, Don. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, what's uh, up? Uh, I, okay. Oh, Don. Yeah, how are you feeling about the, uh, the Dolphins? Uh, about the Dolphins or the Jets? You're gonna do the Jets, but uh, oh, about the Dolphins? like kind of give your uh, opinion of yeah what you said about the Dolphins. Um, you know, I uh, like I said, I haven't seen anything really. Two has had his ups and downs. I think yesterday he had two interceptions. Um, the one thing I do see is that Robert Foster is having a pretty good camp. So you know, former Bill, keep an eye out there. Um, I saw. X Howard and Will Fuller both haven't practiced the last, I think, just today. I know X didn't practice yesterday, so that's two days and just three training camp days that X hasn't practiced. So, yeah, he doesn't want to be there anyway. Uh, Jake, what do you feel about the Dolphins? I think that they're just really trying to figure it out, and Tua 
see, uh, me and you, we've had conversations about the Dolphins before. We've beaten in the ground how we feel about Tua. Uh, I really, I love to hear Robert Foster having a good camp. He was one of the guys that I actually liked on the Bills, but now we're just too too good to have a guy like Robert Foster. But uh, one of the things I, I threw in the private chat here was, yeah, Will Fuller had to leave practice. That was one of their big gets. They were like, hey, we got to give Tua like a guy. And then Brian Flores goes, Will Fuller had to leave because of personal problems. And it's like, well, now what the hell is wrong with Will Fuller? That was the one guy you brought in to put opposite of Devontae Parker, who's also now hurt, which is not should not be surprising to anybody. He gets hurt almost every season. He burns me in fantasy. I don't know why I keep drafting him, but – uh, just to, to what I think about the Dolphins, man, I think they're about to take a big step. They overachieved last year, and this year their defensive captains, we talked about it, being gone. God Chow is gone. Kyle Van Noy is gone. X wants out probably. I mean, who knows if he actually plays the season. He's really probably going to be pushing for a trade, or he's going to be like, hey, I'm hurt, and he hasn't practiced. So, who, That's who exactly even knows what, what he was doing too? He was out with like a in, minor injury. An injury, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, they're gonna take a step back, and I don't know what the offense is gonna do. I think they still haven't named an offensive coordinator. They have co-offensive coordinators. They're not so, naming a single one. They're just going with the co-coordinator thing. And everyone knows which, uh, two heads is better than one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you've got two guys into his ear, that's definitely better than one one yeah, guy. Everyone but, always says if yeah. you have two quarterbacks, it's better than having one quarterback, right? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. the countries so with two was... two presidents are the most successful ones. That's that's oh, true. Yeah, definitely. Uh we <laughs> we also I believe we talked about uh you said we didn't know what Jacoby Brissett is going to be to this team this year. And I'm really thinking that this year, if they are going to do the thing where they keep pulling Tua out for Jacoby Brissett, I think this Tua experiment is going to be done just as fast as it started. So, yeah, and we I already talked. This time, I don't think they're going to bench him and then bring him back out. I think it's just going to be. Yeah. I think, they I better think not, they especially. They'll write out especially at least 12 with, games with him yeah. before it's doing anything like that. Yeah, especially <laughs> with reports that, uh, that Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert but then got over, like, they overrided him. We're like, no, we're going to get Tua. I believe it was, like, management that wanted Tua. So he basically, like, Brian Flores, like, I want my guy to be Justin Herbert, but you know what? I have no problem with this dysfunction down with the Dolphins. Like, I like Brian Flores as a coach. I think that he's a good defensive coach, but I think he's just getting, like, like everything that could go wrong is going to go wrong down there. And I'm going to have no problem seeing that personnel turnover in a couple of years or maybe even next year, who even knows. So I'm perfectly fine with all this dysfunction. Yeah. I, I, me and you, you know, Jake, we talked about this um, on home field advantage every Wednesday live on YouTube. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I feel like the dolphins have had a very, very, very unfortunate series of events, right? Because, you, you hire the right guy at coach, right? You got a great roster, right? Everybody thinks you're going to win like one game. You come out, you shock the world, and you're, I believe, like five and three uh, at, at by week nine, right? And uh, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, not balling out crazy, but, I mean, he's playing pretty well. Above that, well above average, actually, right? And then you think 
it's time to bring in your rookie and it's not it's not you mess so, up you uh hold on real quick you uh you you continue to let Ryan Fitz, I'm sorry you continue to let your rookie go out there and then when he's not prepared you bench him right to bring him back in Ryan Fitzpatrick I think drafting Tua was the the thing that's going to really mess them up over the next five years, right? Because you realize Tua's not the guy. Then not only that, but you're trading away Mika Fitzpatrick. You're going to have to trade away Zombie and Howard soon. Um, And then you're going to realize Tua is not my guy. He's not the guy. And that's already what you put your capital into. So even if you go get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you don't know if he's going to play again. And even if he does, you have to give up so many assets to get him that you're just going to end up being a bad team again. And to my point, what I just said, what did we just see Deshaun Watson do with nothing around him? He played great. I, you know, I guess individually, but they won four games. So your, your hope is that Tua isn't actually as garbage as he looks, but then again, it's unfortunate because I don't feel like you'll ever have a chance to see because you have such a good roster and Brian Flores is a winner. He's not somebody who's going to be like, look, we're going to develop our quarterback. And da-da. no, he's going to play the better player. And Jacoby Brissett is the better quarterback. And I honestly think that if they are, are like 500 going into week nine, let's say they're four and four, I, I truly wholeheartedly believe that he's going to play Jacoby Brissett because I think he wants to make the playoffs. Um, what were you going to say, Dom? Um, uh, originally, uh, I think it was your point about the two bringing in Tua last year with Fitzpatrick. I think originally their plan was to bring him in, uh, at the bye week. That was just their plan. And then they didn't Stupid. think Fitz was going to, Fitz didn't think he was going to have, they didn't think Fitz was going to have the year he was having. So at that point, management was telling Flores, Hey, we want to see, we want to see the rookie put him in there after the bye week. So, you know, he still tries to win games, pulls Fitzpatrick, whatever. Um, I think you're right that they, at some point, they're going to pull Tua just because Flores wants to win and he's going to want to try to save his job because you don't get many uh, head coaching jobs in this league. Uh, I mean, especially as a black head coach. So uh, he wants to save his job. So if this goes to crap, which I think it will, it is not. I repeat, not Brian Flores' fault. Oh, I agree. Yes. That's the last that's person how, whose fault it that's is. How the, that's how the league treats it, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were you going to say, Jake? So have I ever told you my theory as to why Tua was actually put in? Have I have I ever mentioned that? Okay. To break so that might have been Fitzpatrick's heart. So my <laughs> my big theory for why Tua was actually put in is – I forget what game they were blowing some team out going into it, and they said, all right, we're going to put Tua in at the very end of the game, give him the last drive, whatever. So then he goes, and he plays in that last whatever. It's like some pass to Mike Kosicki that's like five yards or whatever, and it's like Tua's made his first pass. Oh, my God. So Tua makes the first pass, and then at the end of the game, Miami – the well, the Dolphins social media team takes that picture of him sitting on the the logo in the Dolphin Stadium. Like, oh my God, look at him! He's he got his first taste of NFL action, and then the headlines exploded with it. Everyone was like, "Tua, my guy, he got to play or whatever." I think the management saw that and were like, 
Do you see the publicity we get with this guy? Good morning. Football is talking about us. Pro football talk is talking about us. We want Tua as the starter now. Do you see what kind of turnout we're getting from him? And immediately after that, that week, right after that, they said, Fitz is out. Tua is the starter. I think that it all came down from management. I don't think Brian Flores wanted to play Tua at all this year. I think he wanted Tua to sit and learn behind Fitzpatrick, and then he was going to be the guy after Fitzpatrick was gone after this season. But management, like Dom said, made he said the bye week, I think they decided maybe that was what they were going to do, but I don't think Brian Flores wanted to even do that. And I think that what ended up happening is they got a little bit of taste of publicity and ended up being like, hey, we want this guy now, and it's backfiring on them because I don't think two is ready at all. And now they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, so he can't learn behind him at all now. Also, I hate the fact that they – You got to write commit. that down. We're going to talk about that on your pod. Hmm. I also hate the fact For that they the can commit theories. to Go ahead, just Tua because if they committed to just Tua, I think the best thing for a young quarterback is to be thrown into the fire. Just let hmm. them learn on – let them learn on the fly. Like, you know, they uh they need to learn what they can't do. They need to learn what they can do on the field. Like, when Josh was a rookie and he was making those dumb plays every now and then, that was a learning experience. He learned that he can't run around in the pocket for 10 seconds like he used to in college. Like, I mean, he can every now and then. He's done it, but I, I just don't like it. But. No, the I, – I, Last year was not the year to start to it. No. I 100% agree with you that if you're going to throw the guy in, you got to leave him in there for even all the bad stuff. And that's my problem with Brian Flores is he came from that New England system, right? He never saw Bill Belichick have to develop a quarterback. And I think that's the one problem that he had. He was there and he watched. They had Tom Brady for the longest time. So he comes down here and he's kind of a hard ass. We've heard that, you know, they've got the culture. It's kind of similar to New England. You know, he wants to win. And I guess he just didn't realize how detrimental it can be to a quarterback. I know a lot of people were like, oh, Dolphins fans were like, it doesn't mess with his his psyche. It's That's not the problem. Taking him out won't affect him. Yeah, it does. Because if you don't think your coach believes in you, dude, like I, I guess a lot of people just don't understand how that can affect you mentally. And him, he kept getting pulled out. Like if you're like, hey, I can do this. We need one drive to go win the game. And your coach goes, no, we're putting the other guy in. That's got to kill you, especially if you're supposed to be a franchise. Oh, so much to yeah, any pro that, sports mental. It's just like the mental part of pro sports is huge. We just saw Simone Biles. Rookie, I mean, yeah, it's not I mean, like he was a 10-year veteran. He's probably used no. to – yeah, we, ju- you know? we, we just saw the goat Simone Biles have to opt out of an Olympics because of her mental health. Like mental health's mm-hmm. real in sports, man. So it's like, yeah, Tua definitely was getting his head yanked on, and it just wasn't good for that development. I mean, I think the great thing for Josh was we didn't have to sit him because of his injury. If, with with that injury, he got to sit back and watch. Uh, what was it, Derek Anderson? Derek game. Anderson. He said. Uh, Matt Barkley. I think Matt Barkley was huge, actually, getting to see what because Matt Barkley's been around the league. He's seen what pros do to get ready for games and everything. So, Josh being able to sit back and watch what Barkley did to prepare was probably huge. The the difference between Josh and Tua is it, Josh was thrown into the fire, but he was able to be thrown into the fire because we sucked. We had nothing going for us except the good defense, but that's not going to make you the playoffs. Um, 
I mean, I did, but uh, we our offensive line was straight garbage, right? Um, and then for Tua, it, it's kind of like he didn't have that luxury of being around a garbage team and being thrown into the fire because he had a good roster around him. They wanted to win games. They weren't here to say, okay, we're going to develop you, kid. And he was like, no, we want to make the playoffs, right? So that was and, – and if your your theory is true, Jake, which I'm inclined to believe, honestly, I don't think Brian Forrest wanted to do that because if you ask me, it was a stupid move, and it was the dumbest move he made all, all year last year. So I don't think that he I, – I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't his decision. So even if he, you know, even if you, you have your quarterback, you, you, he's saying, I want to win, which is why I think they went and got Jacoby Brissett because he wants to win and he doesn't think Tua can win. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go jump into the Jets. Dom, what, what, are, you, what are you seeing from the Jets so far this offseason? Um, or sorry, training camp. So with training camp, I mean, obviously we all saw Zach Wilson didn't get there until yesterday. It took them two, three days to sign there. I mean, it took them the whole offseason to finally get him signed, and it was over something so stupid. Yeah, it like, took three months. Like, why Why are you worrying about cutting him in four years? If you if you think he's the guy that you picked him at, what was it, number two overall? Number, number was it number two? two? Yeah. If you think he's the guy, why are you worrying about cutting him in four years? Just don't worry about that. Give him his money. Move on. So we all saw that. Um, but to, So today was his first practice. He... Um, as from one of the reporters, he looked indecisive, inaccurate. He threw a pick, and he was holding on to the ball too long. So, you know, normal rookie stuff that you see, but the problem with the Jets is they don't have a veteran quarterback on that roster. They don't, they don't have a guy who's thrown an NFL pass on that roster. Um, at QB, I should say, because I think Jamison Crowder has thrown an NFL pass. Um, and so yesterday – with their two guys, I think it's James Morgan and I can't forget I can't remember their other guys. They um Mike White. Mike White. Mike yeah. White. Okay. So they had uh they only threw one pass beyond ten yards and that was thrown for an interception. So it's not looking good for them offensively, but I think their defense is probably gonna be top ten in the league. Just with Robert Saylor calling plays and I think their D line still uh D-line's still good against the run, and then C.J. Mosley is going to be back, and if he's the player he was in 2019, I don't want to play them on defense. Like, I don't want to see that defense because Josh hasn't really had a great game against the Jets yet, so we still need to see that from him. Brian, how do you feel about the Jets? Yeah, I think defensively the biggest question mark for them is just who's going to emerge as their cornerbacks because they really don't have any they didn't have any like top picks they didn't sign any big free agents to fill in on those gaps so they're kind of counting on all these little actually even think they lost brian pool in free agency so they're Mm -hmm. counting on all these late round picks and you know other undrafted free agents and stuff to for someone to step up and i'm not sure it's clear who's going to do that yet um but yeah defensively i think otherwise they look really sharp and uh both of the big guys that they signed in free agency Carl Lawson and Corey Davis both seem to be having really good camps. I know uh, Carl Lawson was a guy that the Bills were kind of kicking the tires on, didn't end up signing him, and he signed with the Jets. And I think the report was that he had two sacks in, uh, or you know, sacks. Obviously, they don't hit the quarterback, but he had two sacks in practice. So I think he's going to be a real problem for us when they get him on the line. How about you, Jake? Well, Justice, I've had my spiel about the Jets. You know this. We we talked about 
40 damn minutes about the dumpster fire that are the New York Jets. But I will say their big problem is not going to be their pass rush. Their defensive line, even though I do believe Quinn and Williams is still out, like he's like on their PUP, like he's not he's not yeah, he there right now. Up in the off season. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's hurt, but we know what he can be. He's I mean, he was a guy last year for some reason they said they were shopping around at the trade deadline. I was like, What are you doing? I would have you traded for him in an instant, dude, man. He would have been our star. Been we would he would have been our star it. replacement for the future. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. God. So they they have that going, and then their big problems are in their secondary. Like Brian said, their corners, like you I bet you could not name anybody, and Brian Poole is gone. So you if you ask me who are the Jets corners, I have to Google it because there's not one guy on there. Like and probably ninety-nine percent of the population that are not Jets fans would have to Google it as well. And also, I believe the only safety you can name now that Jamal Adams is gone is Marcus May, and they don't even want to pay that man, so he's going to be gone after this year. So it doesn't matter. Am and I then, not allowed to count Hamsun as Geraldine because he's a linebacker now? <laughs> yeah, Hamsun as and uh, Bryce Hall, and I only know them because yeah. I want, they were like guys yeah, because we were scouting them. <laughs> uh, and then I on offense. <laughs> I think it would have really behooved them to try to keep maybe a Joe Flacco who they had on their team last year, but Joe Flacco said, "No, like y- y- y'all suck. I'm out of here. Like, I'm not even. I'm not even going to stay. I don't care about your new quarterback. I'm out. I like that Sam guy, but like, I I feel like just that whole organization. There just seems to be, and maybe it's ownership. Like I feel like." Just them messing around with their quarterback like they have. And now I, I know they did do that with Sam Darnold for a while. They always have a problem in signing their picks. I don't know if that just has to do with their owners or it's like they're it's probably- always cutting them before their fourth year's over. So they're actually that worried was, about that. Yeah, that was the thing habit. that that was the thing that me and Justice were like just pounding the table about when we were live. Like we were just saying, what you drafted this guy to be your replacement. And if you think you're going to cut him, like, like, why did you why draft him? him? Yeah. Why He's did you draft 15 him? 15 years. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't understand that. And <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson got his money, but apparently he did agree to the terms of like, Hey, you know, if I get cut between them. So, you know, it is what it is. I think their offense is probably going to be atrocious this year. I mean, not having anybody there to really teach them anything. Like, is say what you want about Derek Anderson, him being on the Bills, that's something that I think young quarterbacks need when they come to the league. It's just somebody who's a veteran and experienced like that to give them some sort of knowledge. And uh, like we said, the Jets have three quarterbacks that have never thrown an NFL pass. So, like... What are they really going to learn from? I think Zach Wilson's going to have a terrible time this year. And, you know, I didn't even like him coming out of college that much. I thought they should have taken Trey Lance, but that was on me. And I think a lot of other people thought they should have done that too. But Zach Wilson was their guy. They're going to stick with it. They're going to cut him in four years, and then they're going to be starting all over. So I'm all good with that. They're going to win. They're going to win five games this year, maybe five. To your point about oh, cornerback, me. I did Google that, and their cornerback room is awful. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> it's all like it's all nobody dudes. They they have Lamar Jackson though, so they yeah. got a lot. Oh of yeah, in the Lamar Jackson, <laughs> undrafted free agent from last year. They have yeah. three. But, uh, they have three guys with more than uh, two years of NFL experience. 
on in their cornerback room. Three guys. Um, I mentioned this earlier um, on home field advantage. Uh, we, me and Jake talked about it. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that they should have, you know, kept Sam and uh, used the number two pick on a premium position uh, with premium talent that could be somebody who could help you for the next decade, not a quarterback who you don't know if will be here in five years. Um, because I don't think that Zach Wilson is more talented than Sam. I don't think he'll end up being better than what Sam will end up being. So I think that you just gave away a quarterback who was better for less than he was worth and then drafted a quarterback who isn't as good too high. So I think that that's just going to be the start of their downfall. So I think them in Miami are on track to be garbage for a little while now. Um, The the start of their downfall is going to be week one when they have to go into Carolina to face Sam Darnold. Gonna that's going to be the downfall. That's like, going to be an you, ugly offensive game. I'm going to tell you. They, right <laughs> gonna be a lot of Sam, Sam's going to go crazy. Yeah. Watch. Sam's going to go crazy. Uh, no, like 100%. Everybody's like, oh, there's no pressure on Zach Wilson to win that game. You know damn well there's a there's bunch a of, pressure of pressure on Zach Wilson yeah. to win that. Those, those New York tabloids are sitting there waiting New Jersey, to, but- like, to or New Jersey, whatever. I mean, they post them <laughs> in the city, whatever. But it's it's just one hundred percent. They're sitting there waiting to see what happens because if Zach Wilson goes out there and looks like straight trash, it should have been like like we should have kept Sam. And then all the fan base is going to be like, why the hell didn't we keep Sam? And it's probably like there's probably going to be other players that are just like, yeah, why didn't we keep Sam? So then we don't even have a or not we then they don't even have a veteran quarterback to fall on if he's being Mm-mm. completely awful. Plus, uh, who was I think it was Corey Davis who was recruited to the Jets yeah. on the notion that Sam Darnold was going to be the starting quarterback. So didn't know that. Yeah, so that already hurts that relationship. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, that sucks. All right, so guys. How long till uh, Corey, how long till Corey like Davis requested uh, trade? Yeah, not long. Uh, I, that depends <laughs> if he puts long. up any stats. Because if he yeah. doesn't, then he's not going to be worth much. He'll just be like, "Please cut me. Please, can you cut me?" me? He just has to dye his mustache blonde, and then he'll be good. I mean, he can go back to Tennessee now that Julio Jones is apparently El Chapo, so I guess they can cut him, and he can go back to – Yeah, You you didn't hear about that? You didn't hear about that? He's getting sued for, uh, like, selling marijuana behind the scenes of the grow business that he was working with or something. Yeah, he was working with a legitimate cannabis company, and apparently they're suing him saying that they were – he was flipping it on the black market for almost $3 million a month to do that. And apparently it's legitimate and they're going to be investigating it and pulling phone records and everything. So hell Julio Jones. At least hey. it was good money. Yeah. I'm hey, not bro, mad. That's a <laughs> that's a I mean, if it's, I'm not mad. if it's $3 million a month, a month? they're going to find that. Yeah. They're going to find that. Like, I thought it was because I'm like you're an NFL superstar, maybe one of, if not the greatest wide receiver ever. Why would you mm-hmm. be doing that you, for the little dollars for me? But three dollars, three million a month is three million. Yeah, I mean that's exactly. I mean that's and it's not bad. <laughs> but um, we are 90 minutes into this thing. Um, I really appreciate all of you guys for joining me. Um, did any of you guys have any questions you wanted to ask anybody else on the panel here? I'm good. Yeah, Justice, when are you going to be on my podcast? 
Bro, I'm waiting to record. Whenever you call me, bro, <laughs> we, we are doing it. All right. We're, we're going to do it next week. We'll have it on that. NFL conspiracy theories. It's going to be great. Absolutely. I cannot wait. That's going to be. I got oh, so yeah. many conspiracy theories. <laughs> My question for you, Justice, how hyped are you for practice tomorrow? I, you know what? I can't wait to go out there and just be taller than everybody. That's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, bro. That's dope. That's how you don't got to worry. They're probably going to think you're on the team and ask you for a signature. It, it, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, <laughs> and I hope that that <laughs> happens so much. Out? That like Brandon Bean will see me and he's like, hey, like you know, we'll see. Anyway. Justice, hey. I, I pray for the guy. I pray for the person who has to stand behind you to try to see practice. They're not. They probably it. gonna be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wasted their money. They wasted their Pretty damn much. money. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to the Windchill Factor podcast. Uh Brian Alverson, Mister Reddit Bills, the legend. Uh, Mr. Dominic Barbers, uh, everybody knows Dom. He's probably argued with you on Twitter. And then, of course, <laughs> Jake Jordan, Jake the Bills fan, the lowdown every single Friday on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. This is the Windchill Factor on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Windchill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.